I am your host, Canary T. Robot. Today we have another special guest, a very talented man, uh, Dustin. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Dustin Kosky of Chilling Tales for Dark Nights primarily. On the side, I'm also with uh, Top Tens and List Verse. Nice. So uh, what do you do for the, these two shows? Uh, for Chilling Tales, primarily my role is to uh, promote our various audio and video pr- and visual productions. Um, and for the podcast, Simply Scary, which is, a, a, which is associated with Chilling Tales for Dark Knight, I write these sort of intros and outros for each story. You know, a piffy little comment telling you what's coming and what we learned from that tale of somebody being murdered. Now, uh, before we continue, can you tell us what Chilling Tales is, as well as Simply Scary, before for oh. an, any listeners out there who don't know what that is? Chilling Tales for Dark Nights is sort of a boutique audio production YouTube channel. We try to put in higher quality music and, uh, well, at least more varied music. Your mileage may vary on the quality. And we put in um, full casts when we can. And we uh, get, and we have access to a good array of sound effects, and we always try to make our uh, productions more immersive. And, then- uh, and simply, simply scary is an offshoot of uh, of our YouTube channel, which um, basically is without the sound effects, but we still have high quality original music in them. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, as someone who's been working on a podcast, um, I when someone actually tries to put more effort into the sound, it doesn't. It make it brings me joy. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Now, uh, what would you describe as your role? Like, what title would you give yourself? I guess I'm scriptwriter or copy copywriter, probably. Um, now, how long have you been writing, or uh, when did you start getting interested in writing? I started uh, professionally writing five years ago for Crack.com. I've uh, since moved on to other sites, and I've been writing for Chilling Tales' podcast for the past year. Uh, Chilling Tales' podcasts for the past year. Now, um... Uh, how did you get involved with... Uh, well, let's start with Cracked and then uh, say oh. how you got involved with Chilling Tales. Uh, crack just has, uh, Crack.com just has an open forum where people can post their pitches for articles. Oh, really? What was the article yeah. you pitched? Well, the first one that got me uh, published was one uh, about a British soldier named Jasper Maskeline, and his role was quite um, unusual in that he was a stage magician before the war, 
So he was brought in to create large-scale props and deceptions to fool the German army, uh, to, to fool the Nazi army into thinking that there were troops where there weren't, that there were to use blinding lights to prevent their air raids and that sort of thing. That's kind of cool. And what's uh, now, how, um, what was your experience like working for Cracked? Um, It was a little frustrating. Uh, It certainly opened my career up to, for other sites, which have uh, been a little more amiable. I ended up getting uh, banned from Cracked for complaining uh, publicly that they were treat that they were being mean to me, and also saying that I had a belief that they kept trying to recruit new members because they paid the new people less. Oh. So yeah, I guess I so I brought that on myself, but yeah. Now how'd you get involved? Live and learn. Hmm? I was going to say, how'd you get involved with Chilling Tales, then? Oh, I heard their production of a popular uh, piece of online internet horror, uh, online horror, mm-hmm. by an author named Matt Demersky called Psychosis. And after that, I just had to get involved with <laughs> these guys. I'd uh, I wrote a couple of pieces of fiction myself, and one of them got produced. It's called My Last Camping Trip. Mm-hmm. And it's done fairly well. It's they've done like eight hundred productions, and mine is number thirty. Oh wow! Or so, yeah. Now, um, what is a normal day like for you working with Chilling Tales? Uh, waiting, waiting, waiting for somebody to send me a message, and then sometime around five in the morning they might. And then I listen, then I read the story, try to think of something to uh, try to think of observations to make about it to hook people or something to let them go off on a fairly uh, relatively lighthearted note. And then it's back to my other stuff. Hmm. Do, do you get paid for her chilling tales? Or yeah. No? Oh, nice. Yeah. They give a stipend. That's really cool. Um, <laughs> Now, uh, what was your writing experience before Cracked and all that? Did you go to school for it, or...? Oh, no. Uh, There was pretty much nothing professional before Cracked, as far as that was concerned. Um, I I hope this is... You can cut this if it's uncomfortable to discuss, but I actually wrote fetish stuff. Oh, that's fine. I, I I have no issue with that whatsoever. Um... Honestly, uh, one of these days I would love to interview uh, someone who uh, writes erotic fiction or draws erotic art or something like that. Because, I mean, the idea of being an artist is a way to allow yourself to um, express yourself in many different ways. And it can, and honestly, there is a market out there for. Um, erotic fiction. There is a market out there for erotic art, and uh, some of it I have read and loved, some of it I have hated. Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Oh. Uh, but um, I, prob- 
So yeah, I, I, I um, uh, uh, so you wrote fetish work before this? Was it paid or just for? Oh yeah, it was paid. Nice. Um, I probably should have applied for jobs writing fetish stuff for a fetish I actually had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but instead, I wrote um, some. Have you heard of a fetish called Vore? Why is it not clicking? I'm surprised. No, what Vore is it? Is, Good. Uh, Vore is about eating uh, people, animals, that sort of thing. So there's this guy who was named uh, who went by the username Carbo. I still don't know his real name. Who had these giant snake women? He called them Naga. I don't know if that's right mythologically, but and uh, they would swallow regular sized humans, and he'd always draw them going down the esophagus and into the stomach. And I just, and I guess I just liked his artwork enough that I could that I could um, ignore that it really didn't do that for me and try to make that sexy. And apparently, I don't know how. I guess I succeeded. If you're getting paid for it, you succeeded. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. It's uh, how'd you? I mean, um, how'd you get paid for something like that? Did you go through a website or sales commissions? Sales commissions? Like yeah, I got a percentage. Where like who? uh, Where through? Um, Lulu.com, Amazon.com, his site. so, I think it was called E Junkie. I don't know if it's still around. Um, Every once in a while, I'll still get a check from that, but oh, it's usually right. like four dollars. Eh, money because is money. Money. Yeah, wish it could be larger amounts, but yeah, it's. it's I'm just glad that I'm still getting anything. <laughs> um. So is that how you first started getting in, like, uh, getting into writing? You just, um, did you just look through different places where you could write, or? Uh, no, actually, it was this guy, I told this guy uh, that, you know, even though this is weird fetish stuff and it's not my fetish, I like it so much, I wrote a little fan story for you. So I guess he was extremely flattered, and... and thought that he could make more of a career out of this. And he pretty much, from what I can tell, I think he pretty much has, because his Patreon is huge. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, did did he just give you your blessing, or did he, like, um, not market? uh, He, He marketed it for me. I would not have made 10 cents off that if it weren't for his marketing. He's... Like I said, he's got a pretty big following, and they're very loyal. You, oh, you've had quite an interesting like writing career, I must say. Well, one with a lot of weirdness, at least. Um, now, one that's got its strange directions and digressions and dead ends and has self-destructed a few times, and then come back uh, what were you going to say I, I was going to say like um, because uh, th- this is something I'm wondering just as a uh, 
this is just for writing in general and not necessarily paid. Uh, what made you become interested in writing? I just enjoyed reading. I was uh, one of the weird kids, so without people to play with, um, reading was the only affordable way to entertain myself. What kind of books? It was you- that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. It was that or playing with. It was that or playing with rocks at, at the local park. <laughs> and go ahead. It, that couldn't really sustain itself for hours on. Okay. Sorry. Uh, what what did I like to read? Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. What do you what do you like to read? Okay. Um, I'm a. This this is so un, unoriginal, but I'm a huge Stephen King fan. I also like Ramsey Campbell. I liked Orson Scott Card until I found out some unpleasant things about his political views. Um, also big into Dean Koontz. Um. Oh, I've read Mark Danielewski's House of Leaves over and over again and can't get into anything else he's written. Uh, all of his... Um, if you don't know anything about House of Leaves, it's this book that's written in this weird sort of impressionistic style where the lettering is sometimes vertical, sometimes it's kind of diagonal and weird, and it's supposed to sort of be corresponding with the feel of the story. I actually did read um, House of Lee's, uh Actually, I think that was. Um, I, I I think I read that like during October, like to get uh, for to get me into the Halloween feel. But um, uh, it wasn't as horrifying as it was disorienting, which I really loved. Yeah, it's deeply confusing. It has uh, stories within stories within. No, only three layers, mm-hmm. but that's enough to confuse me. But um, I, I yeah, it's a um, it was a really fascinating book. But at times, because it was such um, so strong, uh, one of the things I'll do is I'll read on the train and on the way to work. It would be hard to like fully take it all in while reading on a short time period on the train, so I would start reading it at night instead before I went to bed. I, he, he, I believe he has a very definite purpose with his weird formatting stuff for House of Leaves, but I'd love to do that for just, like, a genre story, just to see if people try to read things into it. If they try, if they think, you know, to use that sort of, frenetic kinetics uh, style that he has in that book mm-hmm. so that certain parts are jumbled and jangly and you kind of feel disoriented like a character in it might I, i'm surprised more people haven't ripped him off um so i guess i'll have to do it i <laughs> i've heard creepypasta writers try to rip him off but <laughs> oh oh okay that's why <laughs> Uh, no. Uh, back to back to you as a writer. I shouldn't. I, I shouldn't judge. Half of the stuff we've produced at Chilling Tales is creepy pasta stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of them we have read on Undercooked Analysis. Yeah. Um. Uh, well, let's uh, let's get back to you as a writer. Um. Now. Uh. Because you love to read so much. Um. 
uh, how, how old were you when you started actually writing stories, even if it was just for yourself or just for fun? 13, I remember pretty specifically because I had a stupid obsession with thinking that I needed to use a actual mechanical typewriter <laughs> that dated back to the 60s. I guess I just liked the sound of a typewriter and the fact that I had to press the keys really hard to get it to work made me feel like, oh yeah, I'm doing serious actual writing here. Even though I was writing um, stuff that was maybe half a step above fan fiction. <laughs> uh did you ever send any stories in, or? Um... Yeah, I sent I sent one out for rejection. Aw. I I don't feel so bad for that story. It deserved to be rejected. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, what is a regular day for writing for your like? I'm trying to figure out how to word this correctly. Did you ever do you write from home or? Yes. Okay. Exclusively. Exclusively from home. Yeah. And then, um, what sort of, um, I, I, I know, like, with every job you're not supposed to ask about money, but just out of curiosity, what sort of pay would you normally receive for your stories or your writing? Uh, um, my stories, I receive maybe a hundred dollars a year for all of my other writing. I make about, 500 a month. Oh, well. Do you have yeah. a, so uh, do you have another job then to accompany that? Or? Yeah, it's it's all the it's all the stuff for like I said top10s.net and uh, listfirst.com. Mhm. That's what that's where the real money is. And frankly, even the money from the fiction is largely from there because I have to use those articles to plug uh, my story collections and stuff on Amazon. Now, uh, say that with Listserv? List, uh, verse. List verse. So you, you write articles yeah. for List verse as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, how'd you get into that? Oh, it was just people, um, over at the Cracked Forum, because a lot of people had a lot of trouble, um, getting anything published. This guy came and he said, hey, here are other sites that will publish articles like these if you're having trouble. And Listverse was near the top. And because I'd been published by Cracked, he, I guess he considered me kind of a get. So he, I started getting published right away there. And actually, probably the thing anybody knows me best for online is a article I wrote for Listverse. Because um, this... YouTuber named Matthew Santoro, if you've heard of that guy. Mm -hmm. He uh, plagiarized one of my articles for Listverse. It was about weirdly famous people. And uh, he apparently pissed off another YouTuber named Grade A Under A. And I he, saw that. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was you? That's me. Uh, oh, my God. My, my name's mentioned in the video. And that, that, that is didn't the... click with me. Oh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the only thing anybody actually knows the name Dustin Kosky for. <laughs> oh, well. Wow. 
Um, so, uh, I mean, so, like, when you, um, uh, sign up for, like, these places, do you, like, give your resume, or, or just, Pretty like, much. get recommended? No, I just, I, I, well, a big part of it is I have a profile page that Cracked made. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Cracked uh, automatically generates for their writers when they get published. And I just have to edit it to say, Hi, owner of Listverse, I'm that Dustin Kosky guy who just applied. And then I include a link to that profile page in with uh, my application message. Okay. And that, that's a pretty simple way of confirming my identity and showing the uh, and showing my work. Now, um, wow, you you write for multitudes of different places. Not that many. Well, not that many anymore. Anyway, it's down to just three, really. Okay. And well, the, three other sites on my own Amazon page. And do you write exclusively from home with also Listverse as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't feel any particular need to go out and to like cafes or anything. I never got the appeal of that. Yeah, I, um, I, I don't. I haven't either. And for me, uh, a cafe is where I can get my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> if I if if I am not at work. <laughs> yeah, um, you know how people insist those are the places to go or something. Yeah, kind of, I mean, I sort of get it. I, I, actually, I mean, I do get it, because, like, um, sometimes your home is not exactly the right, great spot, and then um, usually, like, Starbucks and different cafes always have Wi-Fi, and you can sit there for long periods of time without being bothered. Oh, okay. I guess that makes a bit more, the Wi-Fi makes more sense. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's what I've gathered the reason being. Okay. Um, as someone, um, cause, uh, I mean, uh, as someone who has actually used it for, not for writing necessarily, but like, um, for homework, if I'm, was waiting between classes, like when I was in college. Um, I so I think that's most likely the appeal. Okay. But so, uh, what got you interested in writing? Me? <laughs> yes. Whoa, I'm, I'm the interviewer here, <laughs> not you. Uh, uh, I'm, no, no, we are not turning the subject on me. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, now, uh, actually, do you have any advice for people who would like to become writers like yourself? Um, well, you probably don't want to become a writer like me because, I mean, I don't have um official fiction publication credits mm-hmm. uh, the I, I mean I've never sent a story to a magazine and gotten it published or something like that I guess that's sort of a dying medium but it, it seems to be like if you want writing mystique that's what you go for but if you want to go the list verse and top tens route um, my suggestion is to take the subjects you're interested in like history or media or that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, movies, books, 
etc. Mm-hmm. And find counterintuitive facts ab- from those, or sort of novelty facts, or that sort of information that uh, goes against what the average reader is expecting, because that's what they seem to respond to best in a uh, listicle form. Now, um, what sort of what writing goals do you have from here on out? Uh, write enough stuff that people buy to retire. <laughs> At the age of uh, 40. That'll do. <laughs> uh, do you want to uh, write novels or just... Uh... Yeah, I'm ho- yeah, I'm working on a novel right now, but... Oh, can um, you ask what it's about? It's about a person who joins a, a cult and gets good enough at it that he sort of becomes a consultant for other for other cults. Like when they're performing a ceremony, he has to go in and say, no, 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 you're doing this wrong. You've misread these passages and that sort of thing. And he's working towards a very specific goal of his own um, that he has to keep secret from his own cult and everybody else's. But while he's doing consulting work with other cults, he like tries to pinch things or he's trying to do them in such a way that it benefits a ritual that he is ultimately working towards doing. Are you hoping to eventually um, self-publish or publish by? Yeah, self-publish. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bother any poor person who has to go through a slush pile with this. (laughs) Well, um, uh, or subject myself when can we expect or, to see it? See it out. In- I don't know. I've had to restart this thing three times. <laughs> so it, it's about five chapters done out of nine is my goal mm-hmm. for this latest version. So uh, maybe in the hopefully in like the next couple months. Um. Well, hopefully we'll find it on Amazon or wherever. You plan to publish it? Probably, probably Amazon. Let's, let's be honest with ourselves. At least I've got. At least I know I've got a great cover artist lined up. So if nothing else, that'll be good. That's good to hear. Um, since you've already given advice to our listeners, where can we find you? I can be found at um, chilling at the Simply Scary Podcast site. It's simply scary podcast.com and uh, look under staff and you'll find a picture of me in a profile there. Nice. Well, thank you for joining me. It actually was quite an interesting interview, I must say. Thank you. And don't forget, Chilling Tales has started a Kickstarter program where we're financing a pilot for an animated horror series. We're going to be featuring the work of David Romero, and we're going to involve voice actors such as Mark Markiplier Fishbach, um, performing a story called The Scarecrow Corpse. Visit, just look for Chilling Tales on Kickstarter today. Because uh, it, uh, the Kickstarter is coming out the... Oh, it's already out. Oh, nice. 
yeah, I, I guess uh, the owner, Craig Groshek, loves surprises, so he surprised me by starting it three days early. Woohoo. All right, so it, this actually sounds really good. Listeners, go out, <laughs> support this. Let's make this happen. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.